the thing that sold me on this land is the stream that runs right next to the treehouse. So as soon as we saw that, I I definitely knew that this is this is the place that I wanted to be. It's just it's such a special, you know. A lot of our guests use the word magical, and I don't want to use that word like to. I don't know. It's a funny word. I don't. It's not like Disney magical, right? It's like nature magical, I guess. Um, but it is. It is a magical spot. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at spontaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Buzicruz. Enjoy the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Heather Davis, the creator of the Stone City Treehouse in Hardwick, Vermont. Heather grew up in New York, but always had great affinity for the Green Mountain State. So much so, in fact, that her only criteria for where to go to college was that it had to be in Vermont. In 2012, Heather started renting her home on Airbnb in order to help pay the bills. Being a single mom with two teenagers in Vermont was not always easy. She had such a positive experience with the platform and the guests who stayed in her home that she started dreaming about how she might expand her business. And that's when the idea for the Stone City Treehouse was born. Tune in to hear the story behind how Heather built the treehouse with a little help from the DIY networks, the Treehouse Guys, and how she generated over 500 incredible reviews and 12,000 followers on Instagram. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Heather. All right, Heather, so I want to hear the story behind your your very first stay in, in an Airbnb. Where did you go? What kind of home did you stay in? And, and what was your overall experience of it like? Um, the first, I had to look this up because it was a while ago. So I, I went back and looked through all of my um, travels throughout the years. And so our first one was um, at a home. It was like a chalet style home okay. in near Lake George, New York. Okay. And um, we do like an annual family getaway, um, like my sisters and my dad and stepmom and, um, and all the associated people. And um, so we stayed um, at an Airbnb. Yeah. A nice, beautiful chalet. Um, and it would, it's a great opportunity to get together yeah. um, with with people you love, and so yeah, it was a great experience. Do you remember where, where did you and your family were you guys big into like vacation rentals before? Like, was the idea of staying in somebody else's home kind of foreign, or were you were you used to it? We had done it once before. Okay. Um, yeah, it was pretty early on though, like. Yeah, we now we do it every year. Okay, but I think this the Airbnb we stayed in was um, I think the second year we did it. I think it, the first time we did it was through like a private owner okay. like, directly. Mm, mm, yeah, are you um, the family member that is like responsible for like corralling everybody and like finding the place and booking the stay or like who who in your family does that? Yeah, I'm the Airbnb expert <laughs> in the family for sure. Uh, okay. Yeah, so I know how to 
you know, I know all the fil what filters to look for. We always like to have a hot tub, mm, mm. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, we've been pretty successful, I would say. Mixed results at times, but overall, we've been successful in finding some good places. As an Airbnb host, do you find that you can't help but be like critical when you walk into another space and like what what is that like like i i'm not a host myself but like i you know i've stayed in in a, a number of airbnbs we lived full-time on airbnb for for over a year and a half and um I, I i can just imagine how like you can't help but be like hmm why did they do that why is that over there you know like what's that experience like for you i definitely do and i i look at it as more um like thinking about how they could improve their business. Mm. Like, so looking at it with a critical eye, but in a constructive way, um, my partner, <laughs> I think I, I like want to share all this information with the people. And so like, he's like, Oh, I don't know if they're going to take that the right way. Like, <laughs> Unsolicited so feedback from an Airbnb host. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's hard to know how to do that um, without being annoying yeah. or a know-it-all or whatever. So, but I, I definitely want to do it in a constructive way. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that's, that's tough. Yeah. Cause some people I'm sure welcome the feedback of like, Oh wow. Like I'm actually new to the game. Thank you for letting me know these things or, and then there's the other people that are like, you know, stop it. You're the, you know, 12th person that's told me this. And like, I, I don't care what anyone says, like, this is the way that it is. This is the way there's going to be, you know? And so it is, it's always like, how do you strike that? Like, you know, proper balance. I think what's cool yeah. about you is you've got this like incredible Airbnb that we're going to talk about in, in a second here with over 500 views, you know, you've got 4.98 stars rating and and i mean you've you've really built a, a brand for yourself here uh and so hopefully if and when feedback is given if pe people look into kind of like all right who is who is this heather person right hopefully hopefully there's a little bit of like oh okay hey maybe i should take what she says um at least somewhat seriously and, and consider whether or not it makes sense in my context yeah yeah definitely and i love it i mean sometimes it's depend depending on how it's um, given, but I do use <laughs> most of the feedback that I get. And I do usually accept that like, okay, you know, this is really helpful. Sometimes yeah. it, it's like, it stings a little bit, but of course, yeah, you get past that. And, and, uh, I, I almost always respond to, um, feedback and make those improvements yeah. unless it doesn't seem appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's super interesting. So you've lived in Vermont for, for years now, but you're, you're not originally from Vermont. So where, where did you grow up and, and what ultimately inspired you to, to move to the Green Mountain State? Um, I grew up near Saratoga Springs, New York. Okay. And um, I had been come, it's not too far from the Vermont border, like maybe an hour to the border. Um. So we, I had been going to Vermont my whole life, you know, just for day trips or I did a summer camp um, every year at Merck Forest, which is down in Rupert. And um, yeah, there's I spent a lot of quite a bit of time. My um, aunt and uncle had a condo in Stowe. So when I was really little, we'd go to that or not Stowe, uh, Stratton. Um, so we, we'd go to that and um and then in high school, you know, we would do trips all the time. Yeah. Once I had my license, we would come to Vermont all the time. So when I was looking at colleges, 
the only criteria I had for college was that it was in Vermont. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what I did. I went to um, what was then called Johnson State. I moved to Vermont on my 18th birthday. So that makes it really easy to keep track of how long I've been here. <laughs> um and yeah i moved here and pretty much have stayed okay i've had short stints out of state like going back to where i grew up or um i lived in pittsburgh for a bit but i've been all around the state mostly in central and northeastern vermont yeah yeah so i i want to i want you to spend a little bit of time if you don't mind talking about kind of what you do uh during during the day your like your day job right you've got this incredible like airbnb again that we'll talk about in just a second here but when we first chatted a few weeks ago i was i was super inspired by like the work that you do and i thought it would be cool to just hear a little bit about kind of what you do and, and why you do it um and and then we can dive into talking about uh stone city treehouse great um, sure. So I have two part-time jobs. I work for the state of Vermont um, for the Office of Economic Opportunity. And I had been managing a housing vouchers um, program that came out of the CARES Act. Mm. And we housed almost 300 households through that for 18, it was up to 18 months. Um, so that, and those were all homeless households. And wow. so now, now that program ended. And so now I'm continuing on doing similar work, um, administering grants around, um, providing housing and services to homeless households in the state. Are, are there people that are coming from other states to Vermont kind of seeking, seeking these opportunities or, or is, does Vermont have a, have a sizable homeless population? I mean, compared to their state population, I think it is fairly high. Wow. I mean, we, we made a pretty good dent in it with all of the COVID money yeah. um, that the state got. We were really strategic about how to spend that to help the most people. Um, and so I think it did dip um, during that time. I'm not sure where it's at right yeah. now, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if people come here because it's so cold. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, what, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. it's got to be an incredibly tough place to to experience homelessness. Um, and yes. so, what you know, what a what a great benefit um, that you helped facilitate for for so many people. Yeah, it was. It's definitely like a behind the scenes job. Yeah. Um, but I did get to connect with folks periodically who were benefiting from the program, and yeah, people were so grateful for the opportunity to like take a breath, reset, like make changes that they need to make in their lives, and um, and then you know hopefully continue on with more stable housing situations. One of the questions I get asked a lot from listeners is what they should look for in a PMS or a property management system. Now, we're lucky. There are a lot of great options in the market, which can't be said for software platforms in all industries. That said, I always encourage them to take a good look at Guesty for hosts. And here's why. First of all, Guesty's channel manager helps you centralize data across the major booking platforms and stay on top of all of the activity on your listings without having to hop back and forth between channels such as Airbnb, Booking.com, and Verbo. Second, Guesty's automation tools enable you to ensure you connect with guests in a meaningful, creative, and instant fashion. You can make custom messages for a variety of situations, 
from a response to an initial inquiry to a post-checkout follow-up encouraging your guest to leave a review. Third, Guesty for Hosts includes a website builder feature that allows you to create your own branded booking website in just minutes, allowing you to grow your listing's brand value and increase your direct bookings. And finally, Guesty has raised over $170 million, which means that they've got some serious cash to continue to seriously invest in their product. So here's the deal. If you're an STR host without a PMS system or a host looking to explore a new one, I've got a treat for you. The team at Guesty is giving Behind the Stays listeners and Sponstaneous subscribers 20% off their first year when they use the discount code Sponstaneous at checkout. That's S-P-O-N-S-T-A-Y-N-E-O-U-S, Sponstaneous at checkout. You can get started with a 14-day free trial today. No credit card, setup fee, or commitment required, and you can cancel anytime if you don't love it. Once your 14-day free trial is up, use the discount code SPONSTANEOUS for 20% off your first year. Guesty for hosts. It's the bestie of top-rated STR Superhosts. Do you find that, like, like I've always wondered, people that work in these these jobs, kind of like on, on the front lines, right, um, of, of helping people, um, do you find that you become more optimistic over time more like more like cynical over time like like how do you like how do you feel about like i guess the state uh, i know this is probably a personal question this juncture but like i'm I'm just curious like getting the opportunity to work so intimately with folks uh, in really difficult situations uh what what sort of like overarching perspective do you have on like the state of things as a result well I mean, I'm honestly, I think I'm more optimistic because the people, you know, who are looking for services, who are in need of them at the, at that time, um, you know, most, most people are great. Yeah, (laughs) they really are. And they're just, you know, as far as the people we serve, you know, they're just in a bad position. You know, it's hard to make it all work in this country and, or probably anywhere in the world, but, you know, thinking more specifically here, it's hard. Yeah. Um, Wages are low and everything's getting more expensive. So um, people, yeah, they're, they're really grateful. They're really trying hard, you know, for the most part, I would say. Um, And then as far as the systems and the people I work with, everyone is so devoted Mm. to um, making a difference in the world and in people's lives. And so I'm, it definitely makes me more optimistic, like on a person to person basis, like we can do this. um, And we're, we're lucky in Vermont because it's so small. So there's a lot of connections between people. That's, that's so good to hear because I feel like oftentimes like the narratives that get shared, you know they're they're extreme, right? Like, and 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 they're they tend to be yeah. rather polarizing. And quite frankly, most of the people sharing their opinions aren't actually working on right the the front lines. And so I'm always interested in talking to like, okay, you know, what 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 do folks like Heather actually think about this particular issue? Like, what what you know what what has she observed? Um, and so it's it that's that's great to hear. Um, that that you over you know uh are optimistic at the end of the day that like things are things are getting better and and whatnot um and or and or that there is help and hope and support for people um that seek it and 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 whatnot so yeah 
anyways, I, I want to talk about how you found your your property to begin with, because you have a kind of a cool a cool story there. So how did you stumble upon the property, and was it what was it I, I guess about that plot of land that that made you sure it was the one? A lot of the people that come on the show that I talk to. Um, you know, spend a lot of time looking for places, whether it's property mm-hmm. or a home, right? So, and oftentimes they arrive at some sort of realization that like, this is the spot or or this is the one for me. So what, what what's your story there? Um, well, we were looking for, you know, a place to, you know, not necessarily looking at land, but looking at land and homes to purchase um, and, came across, you know, looked at quite a few places, um, but we came across this piece of land and it was, it's all woods um, and no, no uh, infrastructure at all, except for there, there is like a sugar house on one end of the property. Um, That's kind of, it was inaccessible, but I'm building a driveway to it right now. Oh, cool. Cool. (laughs) For, for a future project. Um, so, uh, but the thing that sold me on this land is the stream that runs right next to the treehouse. So as soon as we saw that, I, I definitely knew that this is, this is the place that I wanted to be. It's just, it's such a special, you know, a lot of our guests use the word magical and I don't want to use that word like to, I don't know. It's a funny word. I don't. It's not like Disney magical, right? It's like nature magical, I guess. Um, but it is. It is a magical spot, and it's beautiful. Mossy rocks and beautiful trees, and it's yeah, it's a special spot. So that was definitely um, the place. This is the place for me. So you and uh, you, you bought the place. There was just mm-hmm. one structure. So so your home wasn't even on the property at this juncture. Is that correct? No. Okay. No. So then you built your home. Did you build mm-hmm. your home and and then the treehouse, or how did that work? Yeah, we built the house about twenty years ago. Okay. Um, you know, I had a, a carpenter building it, and you know, electricians, plumbers. I did a lot of the work as far as like the flooring and tile and insulation and painting and all of that with with a baby what really like you were actually you were actually like laying the floor yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) we have these beautiful hardwood uh maple flooring um so we did that and did you sorry real real fast how did had you done any carpentry work before like did you watch like videos like how did you know what to do i'm a person who just jumps in and (laughs) listens to the people who know better than I do. And, and, um, and you had enough confidence. I like to get my hands dirty. (laughs) Wow. And you were like, you know what, if I just talk to the right people, I, I can do this. See, see me, I talk to all the right people, but I still would not ever trust myself to like be, to be able to lay a floor. Like to me, it's like the precision required. Right. And like the attention to detail, I feel like I would just, I would just, you know, royally mess something up and then I'd be like super frustrated and like end up having to pay someone anyways to, to come help. But I, I'm always fascinated by people like you that are like, yeah, I, I I can figure it out if I just talk to the right people. Yeah, yeah. And now, I mean, we didn't have YouTube back then, but now YouTube is great, too, to learn a lot of different skills. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so you build your own home. And then at what point in time does the idea to build the treehouse begin to percolate? Um, I would say 
I would say about 10 years ago, probably the idea came um, to me. Um, it's been, it was a gradual process. It was a lot of thinking about it. Like I had a friend who built a tree house down in Belize, I think. And so I reached out to him and, you know, chatted with him about maybe um, helping me out. Um, and then I realized that I was going to have to do it kind of over time just to fund it. Um, so that didn't really work out because, you know, he would have to come for, you know, a chunk of time yeah. and just nail it, you know, and do it. Um, anyway, so the process definitely evolved over time. Um, and then I guess it was probably... I can't believe it's been open for four years now. I can't wow. even believe that. So I guess it was probably like six or seven years ago at this point um, that I started making like solid plans and going to the zoning board and getting, you know, my permit and talking to the um, the folks at uh, the treehouse guys that who built, they built the platform for it and connected it to the trees. Oh, wow. And and yeah. and sorry, the treehouse guys. They um, remind for our listeners who might not be familiar with them. Who who exactly are they? Because they're a they're a rather big deal. They are. They had a TV show. I think it was on HDTV or something like that. It's um, they had a TV show a while back, and um, and I had heard about them, and so I I knew that I heard I had heard that they were in Vermont. So I reached out to them and they put it out there that, you know, I could have multiple options for um, their involvement. You know, they could do a basic, like just attaching a platform to the trees or they could, you know, do the whole thing or, um, but I think, well, what made the most sense for me is just to have their expertise to make it safe yeah. and make it like structurally sound yeah. and so they came and actually there was one guy who did it by himself. What? I couldn't believe it. I know it, it was really impressive. Like they're really big, like they call them gym beams, like these huge beams underneath that hold it all up. And these huge like bolts that go into the trees. Wow. Um, and he did it on his own. <laughs> How long did it take him to build like the foundation? Uh, I think it was like three days, maybe. Jeez. Okay. Wow. Wow. That's yeah, fast. It I was mean, really impressive. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So they come, they build the foundation, and then you decide you are going to build the rest of it? Well, I had a, a local guy who I've worked with okay. um, who has helped me with other projects here. And I've learned a lot from him, too, um, as far as like learning skills. But um, he came and he put the walls up, he put the roof on and the windows and doors. So he built like the basic structure okay. on top of that um, foundation. And then, um, and then I did almost all the rest of it. So I did like the siding, I had, you know, help here and there. I had some people help me, some friends help me with siding. Um, I... My partner helped me with some of the boards in the ceiling that were, they were like 16 feet long wow. so, and we were screwing them to the ceiling. So I couldn't really do that on my own. <laughs> <laughs> 
and then um but i did like the the wood floor the tile i built um the countertops put the railings in the on the deck so yeah did did most of the inside and exterior wow that is i i'm still just like so impressed and overwhelmed because that is just like I, I i don't think i could ever trust myself to do something like this like by myself um that's amazing well uh i'll have to be i'll be calling you up uh when when i'm ready to build my tree house and asking there you, you all the questions i'd be happy to help. <laughs> thank you thank you hey guys it's zach if you're enjoying this episode could you do me two very quick favors First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. So I want I want to talk about um, uh, the Stone City Treehouse because again there's a number of people right who have treehouses there's a number of people that have really really cool uh, short term rentals um, and you but you've done something in just a few years where you've got over 500 reviews right um, you've got an incredible uh, 4.98 star rating um, and your Instagram following has like 12,000 followers at least so I, I want to understand how how did you think about this like was the goal like hey i'm going to build this thing and then i know i'm also just going to teach myself how to like market it like did you bring influencers here like like what's the story behind how you finished the property but then and you know that's a feat in and of itself listing it on airbnb is a feat in and of itself but growing it to uh to the place that you've grown it to that that's that's a that's a whole nother ball game. So, how did you, how did you think about marketing it, and uh, how do you how do you sort of like maintain the momentum that you've built around the brand? Um. Well, so it wasn't. There definitely wasn't like a formulated plan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. I work very organically in that. Like I'll like. I go. I take information and I like process it and then I like make decisions around that. So I'm, it's, it's slow and intentional, but not like, you know, a laid out plan. So what happened actually was um, Chris and Pam Danielle, um, for, they have an Instagram account, um, Dirt and Glass, and they stayed here. Oh, okay. And so they they stayed here and and they were like posted some of their pictures on Instagram and tagged me and I wasn't familiar with them, but I saw the pictures and I was like, wow, <laughs> these are amazing pictures. So I decided to hire them to come and take pictures of the treehouse. You know, they gave me the ones that they had taken, but I wanted that was in the winter. I think it was like 
actually the second month I was open. Okay. They came and stayed. Um, so then the next summer they came to take pictures and I mean, they, they do such a wonderful job. The, the photos are great and they have a lot of Instagram followers. Um, and it's, you know, grown a lot since, since then. Um, so he shares my pictures and then he, you know, has been in, um, you know, different books. And so he gets a lot of exposure. Yeah. Um, or Chris is the primary, um, I think, I don't want to get that wrong. Chris and Danielle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, or Chris and Pam, sorry. Yeah. No, 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 it's all right. <laughs> anyway. So, um, yeah, it's been a great, they've been great people to get to know a little bit. I've really enjoyed that. And really it was thinking about the um, advertising piece, like get that, getting that exposure, getting these beautiful pictures, that investment really paid off. So after, after they came, did you, were there, were there lots of solicitations from, from other folks or was it really just, just kind of their, your, your initial partnership with them that it, that like fueled the growth? Well, I'd say they they had a big piece in sure. it, but I have worked with other photographers too nice. that have taken some amazing photos. I do like um, Chris and Pam. I paid, um, but like I've had I've done trades with other photographers sure, sure. that came and you know gotten some really great um, uh, photos and videos out of doing that. I still have people contact me, but I'm so booked. Yeah. Like, and I have these great pictures yeah. I'm like, uh, and I'm not doing it as much as I had. Yeah. Um, although I am creating two new spaces. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So once that happens, um, then, then I'll probably be looking for maybe hiring or, you know, doing some trades. Some trades. Again. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's so cool. And I think a good, a good takeaway for those tuning in too is like, depending on your, your property and your place, like if, if you can find the right influencer or the right photographer to kind of kick things off, you don't necessarily yeah. need to ride that game for forever, right? So you know, right. early on, it's part of your launch plan per se. But then once yep. you build up the momentum, you know, you, you can actually say no to these because I think sometimes people get into this, oh, wow, like, you know, this person has 20,000 followers, you know, 50,000 followers on Instagram and they want to come stay in my place for free. I should just, I should of course say yes. It'd be stupid to say no, right? And then it's like, maybe, but, but, you know, maybe, you know, you've also reached the point where like you're booked out the next six months. Like, hey, like maybe revisit the idea if things slow down a little bit, right? Which I think is just right. really, really important. A, a good kind of reminder for folks is like, hey, you may want to use Instagram influencers. You may want to use photographers to kind of kick things off, but you don't you don't need to do it for, you know, for forever. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. Definitely. I, would de I would definitely recommend that strategy. It worked. Really it seems well like a, a lot me. of the, yeah, a lot of the people that have come on this show, like have talked about as part of their launch plan, getting a, a, a campaign together with a few folks. And it is, it seems like it works well for a lot of people. Again, if, if the influencers like the, the, the right kind of influencer for, for your space, or if you're in a, you're in an area where they have, you know, decent influence. Um, so that's awesome. So I, I have some questions about the actual, like, experience the the build if you will so what, what was the the hardest thing about building the treehouse um i would say the time yeah <laughs> finding the time because um you know i was working full-time i 
at that point, my kids were still home. So I was juggling them. They're, they're, they've flown the coop now and they're doing their own great things. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the toughest part was finding the time. Yeah. Um, you know, if I was to do it again, I can think of things that I would improve like by the end of it. Like I, I don't know if this was the best idea, but it, it worked. I, so I was spending all this money to yeah. build it. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to start making some money back. So um, I decided to list it in November. Okay. Which really gave me a quick, short time frame to, to finally finish it. And um, so that made me like, I probably could have done better with the insulating um, mm. I used some drywall. I probably would have done that differently. I probably would have used more boards. Okay. So anyway, the last the last bit, um, you know, just going so quickly. Yeah. I I made some decisions that I I may go back and change. I might pull that drywall off one of these days and just put up some boards. And, yeah. And improve the insulating and so yeah that I would recommend like making sure to give yourself enough time. the time yeah, yeah yeah no especially when you're doing something like a tree house right where it's not like an ordinary structure right and so you want to be able to share you want to make sure that you have uh it's also a small space right so you want to make sure that you've really thought through like every inch right uh yeah. and really thought intentionally oh, yeah. about like yeah how, how am i going to build this to last right um oh yeah well it'll last it'll last yeah. <laughs> it's built really well it was just those few like last minute like things that I might have changed, but um, I spent a lot of time out there before we actually started building up, like just sitting mm. out there and like thinking through the space. And mm. we had put um, some plywood down on the frame, and so I just like I drew out the spaces like on the plywood. Oh wow! To, to like mark where the windows would be and like the cabinets and all of that so i found that really i'm really visual and so seeing it like in real space yeah was helpful like that helped a lot yeah and, what, and just taking that time to plan yeah yeah that that's yeah that's good feedback too is like if you can't afford it but at the same time right like you know you're living in the real world you started a project you needed to make some money like you needed to get this freaking thing listed right yeah. um and you wanted to make sure that like, your idea was was validated like people would actually want to come and, and pay to stay here right and and hey you were right they did you're a kick-ass airbnb host in fact you've done such a great job at marketing your short-term rental on instagram that you're pretty much entirely booked for the next six to twelve months and while it doesn't happen regularly, every so often there's a cancellation or just one random three night window of availability in the middle of the week. Now, posting about the fact that you've had a cancellation or that you've got just three nights left in February on your Instagram story is a great start, but what if you could automatically notify interested guests the second a cancellation comes through? And that's where Ping comes in. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and integrates with your Airbnb listing and allows your fans and followers to sign up to be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked for the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three night window in the month becomes available. 
Jen is a returning guest and wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and will be pinged if their requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which allows you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping. It's what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. Sign up for free at www.bnbping.com. Ping. Brought to you by Spontaneous. I'm curious, like, did you did you like learn anything about yourself through this process, or was there any sort of like revelation you had around, huh? I I like this, and I didn't think I did, or wow, I'm I'm more of uh, this kind of a person than I thought I was. And if so, like, what were what were a couple of those revelations? Well, I would say one of them is that like when I put my mind to doing something, mm. I can make it happen. You know, I might like not get enough sleep or <laughs> I might wear myself out, but, um, you know, I, I can, I can make stuff happen, you know, just through persistence, I guess. Um, and then the other thing is that I really, I, I keep looking to the right cause that's where the treehouse is. Okay. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I'm like look gazing over there. I mean, I can I can only see the lights of it from here. Um, anyway, so um, the other thing is that I really enjoy that physical labor and mm. being outside and being creative mm. in that way. Like, I mean, there were besides physics and making sure it's safe and warm and all of those things. Like, the sky is the limit, really. You know, as far as creativity. Um, so it's fun. You know, I really enjoy like recycling materials and, um, you know, the whole it's an ongoing process. Like you're at a yard sale. Like I found the door for the entry at a yard sale, you know, so and it's a beautiful door. So <laughs> it's like an ongoing. It's always there. You know, you're always thinking about it. And, you know, I'll be I'll see things that are nice to add to it all the time and. So it's fun. It, I really enjoy it. That that aspect of it for sure. Is there is there a pers- uh, like particular like feature or or like element of of the treehouse that you have just like sh- super strong affinity for? Yeah, I think th- they're actually the outside spaces of the treehouse. I mean, I love the inside too. It's super cozy, and I love the design of it. But the um, the deck, so mm. you go up the stairs into the treehouse and then right through is this deck that overlooks that stream I mentioned. And every time I open that door and walk out there, like I just feel stress, just like leave my body. <laughs> and it's just so, it's such a relaxing, peaceful, beautiful spot. And then the other spot, space that I really love is there's a um, hanging bed underneath the oh. treehouse. Nice. So I've slept there a few times. Um, I block it out when my friends come to visit and I let them stay there. And wow. I've been staying, I've been, when they do that, I, I've been sleeping underneath the, the uh, treehouse and I love it. It's like so comfortable, so peaceful. Yeah. It's a I, great spot. <laughs> I know. It's like exposed to the elements, right? Yeah. I have like a mosquito netting. Yeah. So yeah. that, you know, protects you from bugs. Wow. But, 
yeah, it's just a way to camp, yeah. a way to camp in a really cool spot. Wow, that's yeah. really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so you, you final question for you, Heather. You, you mentioned that you've got a couple of additional spaces that you're that you're working on. What, what can you tell us about this? So this year, I've started the um, kind of the groundwork on it. So there's um, also near my home, there's this really beautiful spot that has an, like this huge boulder and then some other boulders. It's almost like the circular natural circle. Huh. Um, and there's a couple really big, beautiful birches right along the edge of it too. Uh, yellow birches. And um, so I just put a road, like a path, like a, a wide path so that I can get my tractor out there to bring materials back and forth and whatnot. But um, so we built the path. And so now we're like clearing, there's a few trees in the center and what's going to go out there is um, a glass house. So oh, basically, wow. it's almost like a greenhouse with recycled windows and all of that. You'll see those, but it'll, and then there'll be like a clear plastic roofing. So it's going to be, you know, you can look outside all the way around. Wow. Um, and then there'll be a deck off the side it's going to be a similar shape to the treehouse like it'll be a shed roof the deck off the side it won't be as big there's there won't be electricity there's electricity in the treehouse but there won't be electricity um so it's going to be a little more rustic yeah probably yeah. won't be for the winter yeah um unless someone's really bold <laughs> i probably wouldn't turn someone down as long as they were you know didn't freeze out there yeah um but so that's one. Okay. And then the other one. And so I'm hoping to have that one done next year. Okay. I, I think I'll be able to do that. And then the other one, um, I have a, that sugar house on the other side of my property. Um, I go out, I would go out there. It's hard to reach. Um, you couldn't see it wow. like barely at okay. all. Um, even when you were pretty close, because it had just grown up so much around it. Um, we used it once when we first bought the property and made syrup, um, but the the pans and were way too big for the number of trees that we had. It kind of was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> but and I was pregnant. Oh my it. gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's one of the things that like it sounds so good in theory, and then once you're actually doing it, you're like, "What the heck is good?" You know, like, "What are we doing?" <laughs> yeah, it made me really appreciate maple syrup and the yeah. work that it takes. To I do bet. It. I bet. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but. Um, Anyway, so that building's just stood there since then. And on the outside, it looks like, you know, this dilapidated building. But then you go inside and it's totally solid. Mm. And this beautiful framing, like, to you know, full log frame wow. and rafters system. And um, it's really beautiful and it's totally solid. So I decided to um, reclaim that building. Wow. And so right now we're building a driveway out to it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that I anticipate two years down the road, okay. there's going to be a lot of work, but I have a lot of, it's going to be a beautiful space. Yeah. And that'll probably of, be like a, a one bedroom kind of space too, or what you thinking it's, there? It's going to be like a loft. Okay. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. There will be a loft bed, but it's big enough. There'll be stairs. Whereas the trios just has a ladder. Yeah. 
but it it's a fairly big space um there'll be stairs going up to it there's going to be i'm going to have someone i won't do this myself because i want an expert to do it <laughs> but i'm going to have someone build like a chimney and a um fireplace oh, that wow. you can access from the outside or the inside ooh ooh i love that oh that's yeah. going to be great yeah it's going to be nice that also probably won't be winterized at least for a while but yeah it's going to be it's going to be really beautiful would you have would you have thought heather like f- 5 years ago that you would kind of be here now meaning would you have thought that like oh i'm going to eventually have kind of this whole little collection of of airbnbs like what was that sort of even on your radar a few years ago yeah i mean i i i rented my house out on airbnb before the treehouse um because I wasn't here about half the time. So I would make it available during that time um, and just had so much success with it. And, you know, even though it was my home, a lot of people were like, oh, that's so, so sketchy, but I never had any problems. Everyone was really respectful of the space. And so I just have had such great experiences with it. I mean, yeah. there's a few people here and there who have not been great, but relatively minor, yeah. you know, um, so that definitely, um, made me start thinking about, you know, how to, how to expand it. And I really love sharing, you know, what we have here. It's so beautiful. Yeah. There's so much stress in the world. Like this, so this is a place you can come and just get away from that stress, connect with nature and hopefully like bring that appreciation of nature and piece back with you when you leave um i really try to make it as like easy and stress-free there's no um wi-fi or phone there's barely any phone signal down there you know which that that's some of the feedback that i have not responded to is people wanting that like they're like one person was like what i'd love a tv down there and i'm like no, this is not a place for it. And yeah. I make it really clear. Yeah. Oh, like 100%. In my description. Yeah. I'm like, this This is what you get. I don't try to, um, you know, I definitely, it's important to represent it as it is. Yeah. You want people to know what, what they're, they're getting into. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But it's a place to come, to retreat, to disconnect, right? Yeah. To reconnect. Exactly. Yes, it's both of those things. Exactly. To disconnect from all your responsibilities in the world, but to connect with the people that you care about or yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I have in mind with um, these other spaces too. Well, that's amazing. Uh, Heather, this is, this has been great. I am so uh, happy that we connected, love what you're building. Um, I, I think about it as, as just this, this retreat, this, you know, uh, this collection of oases, right. Um, in, yeah. in Vermont and, um, for folks who want to, uh, stay at, uh, the Stone City Treehouse and, or just follow you and follow your journey. We'll have uh, links of course, to, uh, your Airbnb in the show notes below links to your Instagram and all that fun stuff. Um, so if you are listening, to this and want to connect with Heather and or just learn more about what she's doing, just go ahead and scroll on down to the show notes and you can find all the appropriate links. But Heather, thank you so much for your time. This has been a this has been a privilege. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for reaching out. It's been fun. Hey 
Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe. Um, And thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.